Okay. <laughs> All right. Hello, everyone. I am Sandra Bargeman, and welcome to The Edge of Every Day. Today, we are live in the hive for the third episode in our new home at MaximizeU.life, titled The Inner Dominatrix, The Edge of Power, Pain, Pleasure, and Possibility. Are you a change maker? Do you walk between worlds, between cultures, between systems? If you answered yes to any of these questions, the edge of every day is the place for you. In a nutshell, this podcast is about pushing boundaries and exploring rough edges. Through conversations and shared stories with friends and colleagues, it's my hope that we can begin to understand our edges. And what I mean by edges is those places where we are fearful, those places where we are resistant to change, those places where paradox and contradicting identities live in our beliefs and in our understandings, both individually and collectively. We live in edgy, challenging times. We cannot keep looking away from the ugly and silence is no longer an option. Life isn't black or white, it's both. And I wanna talk about that. I wanna face the tension of paradox and I wanna engage in the hard conversations. I wanna explore the rough edges between our light-filled brilliance and our dark, shadowy corners. Because the more we recognize our own edges and get real about them, the more we can help others to do the same. And that, I fully believe, can help to change the world. So thanks again for tuning in. And without further ado, it is time to introduce our guest. You can tell I'm very excited. I'm in love with this woman. Dana Ferrand is a woo-woo master with the power to see people's core issues. She has a strong penchant for personal development, is a borderline crazy cat lady, and she helps alpha men and women face their shit so they can feel more alive, have more sex, and make more money. Dana is a dominatrix, sexual high priestess, five times best-selling author. Stay tuned for number six. We'll talk about that. And a seven-figure CEO. Welcome, Dana! Thank you so much. You like your voice is just it's fantastic. You should be like news anchor. It's like this news anchor. As you're reading things, I'm like just drawn in. It's beautiful. Oh, okay. thank you. Well, I I did I used to make a small fortune at voiceover work. I don't do too much oh. of it because I don't have a home studio, but enough time has gone by and technology has, you know, it you don't have to have a ridiculous amount of technology in your home now. Oh. So I, I may revisit it um and really get back into it a little bit more Ooh. that's part of the reason why the room is all pulled apart that we were talking about before uh rethinking the configuration i'm up in my attic and so so there's a little insight to all my listeners about my ever ongoing podcasting room not <laughs> to be confused with the dungeon in which exactly. mistress ferrant is sitting I am. I am. Uh, I love it. <laughs> I love it. Well, you know, before we dive into anything, I yeah. want to ask what just 
and you're like the perfect person to, I, this is such a fun question for me to ask. It's such a, a strange little question for so many people, but for you, it's going to be just a piece of cake. What identity do you lead with Dana Farron? Ooh, what identity do I lead with? I think, you know, my identity has really shifted over the last year and a half, two years, but really the last year and a half since I did the year-long walkabout. And I think at this point, um, I would say my identity is just showing up and being present Mm. to what is, you know, Previously, the identity question would have been around like, who am I? What am I? You know, I've been a seven figure CEO. I've been, you know, I am a dominatrix and all those things. But I think now it's really just me dropping into how do I surrender at every moment? How do I be present in every moment? And then all of that infuses into, and you'll love this, right? So when I'm writing, it's about really dropping in and being in that co-creation with the art you know, I love it and I hate it. Um, <laughs> yes. It's it beautiful. The personal edge of every day. <laughs> um, you know, and then same thing in the dungeon. It's about being so present that I'm not trying to think about what I need to do. I'm just being here and doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, great question. I love it. I love that. I truly love that. And I can say, honestly, you know, having, cause I answer this too with my, my guests and I, you know, and I've watched how it's shifted for me too. And I love that it continues to shift. I would, you know, you'd hope that, but, mm. but ultimately to have it be in the place that I just want to be the most, I want my, my wisdom presence to be so solid and so expansive that that I don't have to think about who am I in this situation I just am me and uh, yeah 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 and my other question uh, is what what two worlds do you what worlds I shouldn't say two what worlds do you walk between Ooh. Uh, so that's, yeah. So I'd say for me, I work, walk between, of course, in the dominatrix, it's a, the sex worker world. Mm. Uh, I know some people don't like to think of dominatrix as being sex workers, but we are in that area. Um, Boy, do we all need some work around our sex. We do. Just why do. on this show. Oh. Yes. And, and then I think, you know, I still have a foot in the business world, although I feel very disconnected from that lately. Um, oh, interesting. Well, by choice, by choice. It's actually good because I'm, yeah, I just, I feel, I, I was really attached to that for a long time. And I think the last little while, just <clears throat> seeing how much easier my life is when I let go of trying to force things to happen, mm-hmm. Um but I would definitely say that I'm, you know, so I've got this one foot in the sex worker world, one foot in the artist world in, in with my, my writing mm. and another foot. I don't know. I don't know where the other pieces, I do feel like there's some other pieces and there's definitely still a lot of questions of who do I want to be when I grow up? Yeah. If I ever grow up, I don't right. know. Amen. <laughs> kind of, sort of grow up. Um, I know I yeah. hear that. I hear that. Well, and I would say that you, you being so intuitive, another world that you, you go, you pass through the veil mm. to, to, you know, the other world. 
yes a more yes. mystical sense of being present in the in the in the world that and that yeah. is very true yeah yeah, yeah there's that, that whole the sexual high priestess side very much the energy side of things and yeah all of bringing all of it in it's very cool yeah it is cool it is yeah i walking the edges of communities is a particular uh, uh fascination of mine and and something that i've discovered um how comfortable I am walking on the edges and not necessarily being in the center where status quo lives um, mm, and yes. where you can hybrid and merge things in ways uh, and potentially that other people can't see and which you've done brilliantly in your life and all of the work that you've done. You've merged these seemingly very different things. I mean, you know, so, okay, I'm going to dive into the next one because I, when I, when I said I was having a dominatrix on to a couple of friends, they're like, Whoa, you know, of course, like this, the cliche reaction. Right. And um, like the, the, I mean, quite honestly, I, you know, I get it. You know, we've all been conditioned with that. You know, when yes. I was, when I went to seminary, I had a really close friend in one of the circles that I, I did. We did uh, we worked in groups together throughout the year and her sense of sacred sexuality was very awakened during her mm -hmm. seminary journey and which is where she wanted to focus her ministry, if you will. And, you know, and she created a business, picked up and moved down to Washington, D.C. And, you know, we were just catching up one day and I said, how's it going? How did the move go? Blah, blah, blah. She goes, you would make such a great dominatrix. You would make a shit ton of money. And I was like, uh, OK, I, I can get that. But I mean, so on the one hand, it was like, yeah, I can get that. I can I can be a big personality. And and but that was like the cliche idea of what it is, mm -hmm. that this big, strong power over woman doing the thing. But as she said it and as I just sat with the energy of it, I really could kind of also plug into the collective masculine projection, the shadow in all of this work that just was kind of like, but it, it, yeah, like all sex work, the shadow of anything that has to do with talking about sex, particularly mm -hmm. for women. Yes. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, there's so much to dive into yeah. in this topic. Really. Okay. So <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, so to start with, I think it's probably best for you to tell, I've listened to this in a couple of your um, um, conversations. You have an unbelievably unique journey to your <laughs> awakening, to your discovery of becoming a dominatrix. So can you start at the beginning and kind of walk us through what that is and how you, how you arrived there? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, yes, very different upbringing uh, and journey into this. So give you the, you know, 30,000 foot view of this. So I grew up in a cult, a religious cult, a group Jehovah Witness. Unbelievable. Um, so I can't even extreme, extremely repressed, you know, it's like I, I left there when I was just before I was 18, but I, you know, I really was very immature sexually immature I was very aware um very aware of people but didn't know anything out in the world so went from there you know went through various abuses you know in the time growing up in that and leaving it 
Um, and eventually, when you say various abuses, you you for our listeners, you that includes sorry. sexual abuse. It does. It does. I, I try not to get too graphic with people because understood. I know that, but but you know, yeah. I, I want but people, yes. yeah, to know that. This yeah. Is- so I yeah my my I have um there was psychological abuse for my stepmother. There was the whole spiritual abuse of the religion. Oh. You want to call it that. And then um, there was, I had three different perpetrators for sexual abuse. So there was, there's a fair bit layered on there. Um, I kind of, you know, in a way of making it lighter, I, I, you know, sampled from the whole smorgasbord of all the abuse. (laughs) Got to try them all out, you know. Um, But it did send me on a journey of trying to figure out, trying to heal. And it, you know, at that time, because this was like, late eighties that I was, you know, embarking on this and there really wasn't much available. And, you know, so I go the traditional route and it it wasn't much, I'm really not keeping this high level on my, so (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, like, oh, this is a real detailed story. So um, anyway, I was very frustrated with a lot of the the therapies that were available. Everybody was in the, the vein of, and how does that make you feel? And I always wanted to say, I never said it, but I always wanted to say, like, I want to punch you in the mouth. <laughs> right. Large blood you know? instruments in all your orifices. Right. And, you know, looking back, I could see, you know, hey, I, I probably should have just channeled it somewhere. But anyway. <laughs> um, so anyway, so I, I became a massage therapist. That was my first career. And I had a client who disclosed to me that she was involved with kink, of course, so that we could talk openly about marks and bruises and, you know, care. But it it sparked something in me. And yeah. now at that time, I didn't, I wasn't in the right relationship to go and explore. So when I left that relationship, then mm-hmm. I called her up and I said, okay, I, I'm I'm all in. Wow. Take so for our listeners, what is kink? Uh, sorry. Yes. Kink is the slang term for BDSM. BDSM is bondage, discipline, um, submission. And the S also stands for sadist and masochist. So it's a it's a broad term for a lot of different sexual desires, mm. uh, and kink is just kind of like this anything that anything that is not the straight up missionary, you know, intercourse is kink. Okay. Wow. Wow. Yes. And, and that is oh the, my mind blown, right? Just mind yeah, blown. Exactly. But, that is that is the the more strict you know terminology of it. Everybody mm-hmm. has their own version of what is kinky and what is not, and it's usually, right. you know, according to what you think is okay and what you think is not okay. Again, the spectrum of the judgment that we have on it. What what's fine? I, it's yes. yeah, mind blowing. Absolutely mind blowing. So, so basically, we are all kinky to some degree. Yeah. Um. And and when I say degree, that really is not a great phrasing, but we are all kinky. We just all have different kinks that we like. Yeah. So yeah. for some people, they want the soft and sensual. For some people, they really like the, you know, hard and, you know, painful. It's something for everyone. Okay. So that's the big umbrella. So um, so my client, I called her up and I, I'm like, you know, let's go. I want to go to the next play party. And I was, I was like all determined that I was just going to like, I'm just going to watch. I'm just going to observe. I'm just going to check things out. Half an hour later, I've got handcuffs on, <laughs> you know, and, uh, and my friends who were keeping an eye on me, they're like, ah, oh, 
just checking things out. Yeah. <laughs> like, from the inside, I'm checking them out. <laughs> so anyway, I, I did end up playing. Uh, I found a great play partner at that at that event. And I had some amazing, profoundly healing sessions with that person in which we scripted out uh, a loose scene where we replayed the abuse that I went through. But here's the thing. We could also script out a new outcome. And because of that, because you're like viscerally, like fully engaged, and you know this from acting, right? When you are fully engaged, it transforms who you are. And so that's being able to reclaim all that power through those scenes was so powerful to me. And with my background in healing, Mm. that was what prompted me to, to want to become a dominatrix. So I, I play both sides of the whip, (laughs) 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 but for, for work professionally, I, I like the dominant side of it. There's beautiful Mm. healing possibilities. There's also a beautiful exploration into embracing who you are as a sexual being yes, you know, releasing the stress and tension, you know, cause it can be that aspect of it. It's like you're large and in charge all day long. Well, here's a chance to just like wipe the brain clean and you don't have to, you know, do two 20 years of transcendental meditation in order to be able to get there. Unbelievable. <laughs> this, this, this is so unbelievable. And this makes me think of also when I'm at spiritual counseling, I worked in a wellness center and spiritual counseling sessions uh, was very much about talking at the, at the start of it, but I started to implement role-playing and monologuing into yes. it. And it was, you know, the growth and the, the physical change was so much faster and oh. almost like kind of my version of drama therapy, if you will. Um, yeah. but, but the somatic element of it, of just getting it in the body and acting it out is so profound a, and it's almost, and this is the mystical part of it. The, the time travel, like the fact yeah. that you could rescript it, you were time traveling. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. So, okay. So, so you, you like, so now you're a dominatrix. What, what, yes. what, what is the, what is the theme what is the largest theme that emerged out of this work for both yourself and your clients? Hmm. I mean, if you could, if you do have a large theme or the, I would the say, biggest few themes. Well, I mean, in my, in all of my working time, no matter what modality I'm using, it's always been guiding people to surrender. And I didn't see yes. that until I, until I really started to, a go on my year long walkabout, um, mm-hmm. and B drop back into the dungeon professionally. So, which is which is all about surrender. Like we we talk about that. Um, but I think I think that is the overall theme of I don't know where these what's that coming from. I didn't Excellent. Touch the overall <laughs> it's a celebration of be of surrender. Excellent. All right. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I would say, so that's a really big theme. There's been an other, like for me personally, there's really been an interesting piece in my year-long walkabout and getting back into the dungeon is for me letting go of any obligation that mm-hmm. I have had imprinted. So again, coming back to, I grew up in a cult, um, the programming for me to be seen as a second-class citizen, to be seen as 
my only value is in a man choosing me and thereby a man using me. So that was the imprinting that I grew up with and has been subtly in the in this place. So stepping into the dungeon has forced me to like really get in the face of this whole dynamic because most of my clients are men and with them, they don't mean to be, you know, taking advantage or liberties entitled. or whatever. entitled. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. They don't mm-hmm. mean to. Like they, they truly want. But they've to be- been socialized their entire life. Exactly. And especially around money, like there's this whole power dynamics. And so I've really had to do things that are very uncomfortable for me, but are necessary. And it's really helped the client because they've been able to drop in and surrender. So um, one client in particular stands out for me. Um, he's been to a lot of different dominatrices over the years. It's been like 30 years. He's been going to see people off and on. And nobody's ever really, you know, held him to this space of you need to prepay for a book of sessions and drop in and surrender. And and I did. I was like, you need to pay for 10 hours up front. You're going to you're going to do hour and a half sessions, not hour. He wanted hours. Uh, it was also the, the thing of he wanted to ejaculate. And I'm like, no, that doesn't happen in my dungeon. Um, and it's not that I'm not okay with that. It's just that it fucks with the power dynamics. Sorry. I just forgot to ask. Yeah, no, you, it's all fine. I have a okay, saucy good. mouth as well. <laughs> Excellent. So, <laughs> so with those things, it was, it was like, no, these, these are the pieces. And so for me, you know, when he's like pushing back about the money and can we do this? Can we do that? It's like, oh, he's like complaining about the tax being put on it. Cause I run things legitimately all of this. And I was just like, okay, breathing through it. And I, I got to hold firm mm. and I did, I held firm. And that next session, he dropped in so much more. He got more out of the session and within three or four sessions, he hit what we call subspace. And subspace is that place where it's like nothing exists. There's no time, no space, there's a void. And lots of people get there with different modalities and things. But this is one of the ways you can really drop people. And he'd never hit that. In 30 years of seeing different doms, he's never hit it. But because I held my ground on the power, Mm. he was able to drop in and surrender. Mm. It's incredible. So it's been, it's been such a gift for me personally. And I love the work. I can only imagine. I can only, uh, yeah, I get it. I get, is there, do you have, I mean, I know that you, you, and we'll get to you talking about um, how this translated into business, but is there a certain, and in your bio, you said alpha male, alpha female. Do you generally have a, a specific type of client that you work with? Are they generally leaders and business people and, 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 and in some power position? Yeah, typically. I mean, I, you know, having my own business background, I do tend to attract business owners. Um, there's that piece, whether I'm doing coaching or dominatrix work, like in the, in the, in the dungeon, you know, things are not cheap. Yeah. So it does. Right. So it's going to, it's going to attract executive level and business owners typically. Uh, Yeah. That makes sense. That absolutely makes sense. Yeah. Um, Wow. 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 Where to go. I, um, I just, I had a, while you were talking, I had a question and it went, poof. 
which oh. makes reminds me I I watched your your quick little talk about um how you most recently were talking in um in um uh, just recently in Toronto Toronto changes or um and you mentioned that you had menopause brain and it sort of opened up this whole thing um about remembering and 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 I was like go girl menopause is another closet you've opened um, you know, and I'll tell you what, I went to menopause in, in COVID first year of COVID. I talk about Ooh. the depression of COVID and menopause, yep. like yep. awful and the lack of information out there and the lack of people wanting to talk about it. even my own doctors were like, it's no. growing. I, like, I have to say it is really, I find that maybe it's just cause I'm seeing it and cause I'm talking about it. Mm. Um, but I'm not talking specifically of like, here's what you do for menopause. I'm just like, you know what I have, I'm in it. This is what's going yeah. on. Well, I think, yeah, the fact that you're just willing to talk about it and not be embarrassed about it or pu push yeah. it back in the closet. You know, all of these things, and I mean, sexual orientation and sexual desire and sensuality and all of that, be, you know, to unpack how shadowed that is, is, is a conversation that would go on for 10 hours. I mean, the fact that, and particularly women and, you know, the, the, the the non-straight male head um anyone that's not that is somehow yeah. uh, not correct and you know god forbid that in your work with all of the women upliftment work that i do to have the empowerment of the it factor of being in your sensual power in your sexual power and mm -hmm. and the command and the comfort and the confidence is is really extraordinary to witness and which of course is a great seg into you so you had your if i remember remembering this correctly you you did your dominatrix work and you were a business coach and they you kept them separate and then you made a decision at some point to merge them like tell us about that and how that applies um mm. the the inner dominatrix, if you will, the archetype that you talk about and how that goes in with business so beautifully. Okay. So we're going to back up the timeline. So 2012 or 2010, sorry, I, I tried, I did get into doing some pro dominatrix work. I was doing the dominatrix work in my personal life. Um, and then, you know, that was going on. It was kind of, you know, flirting with the pro work, but I, I didn't have a mentor at that time. And if I had, I probably could have gone full into the dungeon right then, mm. but I didn't. So I was dabbling. And then, um, 2012, the, the business that I had, so I had a massage supply outlet and a couple of massage therapy clinics, that whole enterprise hit a bankruptcy in 2012. And so I had to lay everybody off, <clears throat> go back into the business, run it myself. So everything that's kink related got shut down. There were a few other things going on personally, which also added to that being shut down. Um, mm -hmm. And then, so then from there, you know, I rebuilt the business to a degree where it was very profitable, not as big, but far more profitable. <laughs> Yeah, and um, eventually got somebody else to take over that, and then I started coaching, and so I used this platform of because I thought you know this is great, like the empowerment that you get from really embodying the energy yes. of the matrix, right? That was the my body. <laughs> yeah, I wanted people to just like get into it, feel it, be the piece. So I I did that more from a coaching place, 
And then after my year long walkabout, which was just this last year. I know. We, we're going to touch on that too. I, I love know. That. We have to. I'm like, no, oh. totally. This is where I fell in love with you, was watching what you went through. Um, so from there, then, then I really felt the calling to come back to the nominatrix work, but actually get into the dungeon and, and do this professionally. Um, yeah. So, so at that point, like I, I still have my coaching work and it's just by referral only. I mean, my mm. God, if anybody goes to my website, it's so fucking old. Um, <laughs> I know it's so exhausting. It's okay. so old and so broken and like whatever, but clients oh. anymore. So I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and, and there you have that. There we go. So like not a priority. (laughs) (laughs) Because I have gone on a walkabout and I don't give a shit anymore about these. Well, it's so patriarchal too. I mean, like the whole, I mean, the the tendrils are just overwhelming. What you've chosen to continue to let go of, and sorry, I've got to stay on this thing. What you've chosen to continue to let go of and watching your choices, um, just to keep choosing yourself and to lean into the pain, as you've said, to lean into the (laughs) unease and to get in and just, and, you know, and this is everything that I talk about in the edge of every day, you know, these are the edges we have, we cannot medicate this away and run away from it. It's never, it's always, the shadow will never be transformed if we don't walk in to the unease, both individually and collectively. So you made this choice. First, I I forgot to tell everyone, which I love to do, tell people how I know my guests. I know you through our mutual friend, Cindy Ashton. Mm -hmm. And just a shout out to her. Thank you for that, Cindy Ashton. And I had Cindy on the show when I was at Talk Radio. She's episode number 45, folks. So go check her out. But she introduced me to Dana. And so then I followed Dana on this, her extraordinary nomadic journey. And you, you, uh, you tell the story, you got rid of everything and went on this journey. I did. Yeah. So I, um, yeah, I realized that my, my marriage was, I had outgrown it. I, I changed. He didn't, that's the crux of it. And so then he bought me out and then I sold all the rest of the stuff pretty much. I got everything down to I had 20 bins I put in storage and hit the road uh, without much of a plan. Uh, any plans that I had were plans that were in my head and the universe quickly showed me that I it wasn't about like, my plans. Yeah. No, guess what? You're not going there. Thing. You're going here. No. Right. Uh, you know, like I was thought I was going to go to the Yukon in the fall and no, you're going to go to Montreal. Um, and had a way better time. So in that, so yeah, the year long was about getting my master's in surrender, really mm. dropping into this being a way of life. So my journey is not over, even though my one year is over, the journey of being <laughs> in surrender, coming, doing everything from this place. So yeah, my business, my, like how I move with dating, how I move with everything is always about dropping in and surrendering because I was shown over and over again, when I surrendered, the universe provided me something far better than I ever created myself. Mm. And so now I'm like, let go of all the things. I hear people talking about, you know, goal setting and set your goals and stretch goals. And I just want to puke because I'm like, that shit doesn't work. Yeah. 
or at least maybe it doesn't work for me. Like, I, I don't know. Like I would get my goals and then I'd be like, Ugh, yeah, I don't want that. Let me try something different. Right. But if I surrender and I go to the universe, like, okay, Hey, I'm feeling like I want to have this, you know, this sense of ease and joy and play in my life. How do I, what do you want me to do? And then I'm taken somewhere and it's like spectacular. I'll tell you one quick little story. This is popping. So Montreal. Okay. Montreal. If you've never been to Montreal and you're at all sexually liberated, you have to go because it is a fucking sexy as fuck city. Go in the summer when everybody's half naked. Okay. (laughs) It's beautiful. Oh my God. I don't know what it is about the people there. So I'm in Montreal and I've got my dating app open and I, there's this one guy and like the universe is like just poking at me, like going in it. And I'm like, "Mm, it's not really my type. Like "Mm," I'm hesitating, but I can't remove him from the list. I don't swipe left. I'm leave him in the, you know, the pool. And eventually I'm like, all right, let's see this. Oh my God. It was magical we had two dates um I circled back for a second day he was probably one of the only ones I circled back for a second day with (laughs) and um what opened up for me Sandra was that he treated me like a goddess it was the Mm -hmm. first time that I would say I had true goddess sex where his pleasure was from my pleasure like 100 percent he like it was the first time that he, he you know I'd had any guy who he's like I don't care if I come I don't care this is like I'm your orgasm is far better than anyone I could have and I'm like what the hell the yeah. the antithesis right exactly that most women have been socialized with you know I mean I, this makes me think of the question I I asked you in in our conversation you know how many what is the percentage of people that you think are uh, fulfilled in their sexuality, fulfilled uh, or Ooh. having fun in their their sexuality, their sensuality, their sense of of sex. Period, titillation, yeah. even. Um, yeah. And and you said eighty five percent to ninety percent, maybe even ninety five. I like, yeah, uh, are not having, are not, yes, fulfilled, <laughs> yes, not remarkable. No, but I mean, it's that socializing and that, yeah. The patriarchy, the putting down of anything, making it wrong and scary and dirty and unpowerful and messy and, you know, that uh, all the all the female things just are not enough, not good. They're just dirty and foul. Oh, the work you're doing is so extraordinary. So. So you're back, um, you're off you, your nomadic um, journey. Never yes. say never that it won't happen again. Right. <clears throat> Who knows? I mean, I am uh, in a week and a day, a week tomorrow, I will be flying back down to Costa Rica. So Lovely. I'm going to go back down to one of the locations that I was at and do some deeper healing, which would be mm. beautiful. I love it. I can get out with the dolphins. Mm. Oh, Yeah. Yeah, I'll say hi. That's right. Rub it in. Thank you. Yeah. Anytime. Maybe I'll come down and visit you. Who knows? Excellent. Please do. Um, 
Well, we've, we, we are coming to the end, which, uh, you know, I just feel like I've just opened the suitcase and I just, yeah. I will definitely ask you to come back at some point, please, please, please. Yes. I know and then maybe we'll pick a topic and stay on, on point. Stay, right. Instead. Right. And, and dig down <laughs> in a little deeper, but this is a great first one. So, um, I, I do want to ask you this, even if we go over a little bit, uh, that's all good. Um, you, um, where is it? Your books, your five unbelievable books. And we'll, we'll quickly top stop on your, your, your sixth one that you're writing now. But I wanted to ask you, having written five books is extraordinary to me. I, I've done a, a, a chapter in a friend's book and which was revelatory for me. It was really quite something. So, mm-hmm. you know, I want to ask you, um, which book was the most difficult or scary to write or which book writing experience changed you the most profoundly and why? Mm. I mean, they all did, but definitely the one that I'm doing currently. So Mm -hmm. prior to this one, it would have been the, the become a badass in business, which is the inner dominatrix guide series. And, um, that one was that was my first time in like le- really showing my story and being vulnerable, and then the, what I'm writing now is of course all my adventures of my nomadic journey, uh, which mm-hmm. I describe to people is a eat, pray, love meets Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> with a whole lot more sex, excellent, <laughs> and 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 an unHollywoodized version of it. Uh, yes, very unHollywood. Yeah, so there's some you can actually learn some things about your sexuality through that. It is yeah. my journey. It is my story, um, and there's a lot of things. This is that piece of being, you know, in that co-creation with the universe. I'm being prompted as to what goes in the book, and I tell you, there are some things that I would rather not put in the book. Yeah, really, I've had words with the universe, and uh, no, but they have to go in the book. Because it's about being real. It's about being honest. It's being about showing. Real. Yes. Yeah. Showing the good and the bad, right? Showing the edges. The, the edge. It. Oh my God. So. Because you can't, you, we can't change the world until we 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 get real about what is. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot of things that are, I'd rather not showcase to people because here I am, you know, showing up as a dominatrix and there's these things where I'm like, you made that choice. But I also share, you know, the hindsight of like looking at it now so that people can understand it's like, this is a journey. This is not, I'm not stuck in that place. But I think for a lot of, you know, women in particular, there's, there's going to be some really beautiful, juicy pieces for them to identify with and to maybe practice some self-forgiveness of where we've all done these kinds of things. Yeah. All right. Self-forgiveness, self-compassion. Yeah, oh. and in the door for better sex. Yes, asking for more fulfilling, more fulfilling. Yeah, better and orgasms. Yeah, which mantra. will just right will just put you in a place of the embodiment. I mean, you know, to be able to feel that and then and to walk with that sensuality, that aliveness. Mm-hmm. It's extraordinary. It's the it factor. Yeah. Yes. Oh, woman. I know. I know. We need more hours. <laughs> I know. Come on. Let's crack oh. open the wine bottle and let's get going. Um, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for being on my show. You are a goddess and a delight. And talking with you is 
so, so rich and delightful. Mm, right back at you, babe. So how do people find you? Uh, I know it's Donna Ferrant, PH folks, not an F. Um, dot com is one, but you did That's say fun. that your websites are kind of old and crusty. Yeah. So. But uh, you, they can still get their your books there. You still get the books there. You can also get the books on all of the online retailers. Um, it, well, though the badass intuition is only available on Amazon. Okay. Interesting choices. But anyway, um, Paul learning. Yeah. So I, w- I would say, you know, that would probably be a good place to start. Maybe connect with me on LinkedIn. Yes. Um, if I'm going to show up at a social media platform, it's more likely there. And um, yeah, maybe send me an email to get on the list for when the, the book is done. So Dana at DanaFerrant.com. I love it. Well, I want to copy my own very copy, signed copy from my friend Absolutely. Dana. I, thank you. Well, just a little couple um, things to say about the the edge of every day, folks. The podcast is dropping bi-monthly on the 15th and the 30th. So we are, um, <clears throat> this is the 7th. So we, this will, and happy Hanukkah. Those who will be <laughs> listening, um, today's the first day of Hanukkah, but it'll be dropping on the 15th. Um, and also a quick mention that you can see all of my original 56 episodes that were first done on talkradio.nyc. They are all on my YouTube channel, which is Sandra Bargeman on the edge of every day. So thank you again, Dana Farron. Any last words before we say goodbye? No, this has been absolutely lovely as I anticipated because you are an amazing human being. Oh, I receive and I, I mirror back to you, my friend. Thanks everyone for listening. Remember, you are always at the edge of the miraculous. Till we speak again, take good care.